0: What is up, everybody? You are listening to Curious with Jake Heilbrunn, and I am your host. This show is all about sitting down with people I find curious and having real, raw conversations to understand what goes on in their mind. How do these people think? What struggles are they facing? And how do they overcome obstacles? And most importantly, we're going to keep it real. My favorite conversations are the ones where we talk about the shadow as well as the light, I wanna know about these people's fears and insecurities and doubts, just as much as I wanna hear about their successes and wins because this is what I believe empowers us to recognize that we're all humans doing the best we can and that understanding these things allows us to feel acceptance about where we are right now and we can have some tools and takeaways from these people to improve our lives. Today's guest is Reese Peluso. Reese is a serial entrepreneur and breathwork teacher. He is the founder of Social Supply Co., a social media agency, and co founder of Monda, which makes organic skincare products, including a sunscreen that I personally love and wear every time I surf. I'm super conscious of what I put in my body, and Monda stuff is rad. Reese is also a certified Wim Hof instructor who is trained directly under the Iceman Wim Hof himself and he recently launched the Breath Collective, which is a live weekday breathing experience. Reese is the one who taught me the Wim Hof method and got me hooked on cold plunges. I found Reese fascinating because he has this resourceful entrepreneurial mindset and this desire to achieve flow states through ice and breath. In this episode, we talk about how breath is a vehicle for healing, transformation, and to put it elegantly, how it lets you let go of your shit and toxic emotions that no longer serve you. We dive into how to control your relationship with stress, the power of a group's collective energy to bring you to new heights, and so much more. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode with Reese Peluso. Cool, man. Well, thanks for sitting down and chat. Yeah. I thanks. think for me, I was like, after uh, doing your Wim Hof method certification or, or getting trained in the method, I was just like curious about what hooked you in, in the first place
1: yeah um really kind of was at a point where looking for something in my life to connect to besides surfing you know yeah. like just having multiple businesses and a family surf time was decreasing and that's always been really my go-to for everything you know yeah. just like connection to nature time away solo time Exercise, just all of it, and not having that as much as I previously had or would want. And, you know, kind of tried everything sports, running, yoga, whatever, and nothing really kind of like drew me in like surfing has. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, heard Wim on a couple podcasts and started seeing him on social media and stuff. And, was like, oh, this guy's crazy. Like, it's kind of cool. You know, and then I heard him on a, another podcast. And I don't know, what for whatever reason, like the timing and something he said was just like, whoa, like I gotta check this out. And I was all excited. And I came home and I told my wife about it. And she was like, Oh yeah, you should talk to Luke. He's a friend of ours and teaches down the street at Gather as well. And he he was just telling me about Wim Hof. And I was like, Whoa, weird. So I called him up and he was like, oh, yeah, man, like I'll come breathe you. And, you know, it's a life upgrade. And I was like, OK, that was your first time doing breath work first time doing like, yeah, like, a you know. Real like breath work session, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously you do like some breath stuff and yoga class and yeah. that sort of thing, but where it was like just breath and he came over and, you know, blasted off to the moon and was like, whoa, what just happened to me? I got to figure this out. So I got Wim's, like, online course blasted through that. You know, it's, like, 10 weeks. I did it in 10 days. <laughs> and uh, from there, I was just, like, totally hooked and just kept going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw he was coming to L.A. and I was like, right, I got to go meet this guy. And ended up didn't really fit into my schedule, but I signed up for another workshop um, with just kind of a random Wim Hof instructor. Lo and behold, it was this guy Casper, Who is sort of Wim's kind of right hand man? He kind of helped Wim develop the teacher training and all that. And he's been the one who's been teaching all the new teachers. So ended up at his workshop, which was like kind of took everything to the next level. You know, he's like a young dude, just connected with him. He's all about the science. He was a science teacher. Hmm. So just his way of articulating everything, you know, like you hear Wim, and obviously he's like this amazing gregarious, wild, just raw human, but yeah. like, you know, he's kind of out there a little bit. So he, like understanding him don't, doesn't always make sense, but then having Casper kind of bring his thing into it. And it was just like, Oh my God, this like took it to the next level, you know? Cause it's like, that's one thing I'd really appreciate about Wim is that he's all about the science, you know, no one would believe him. He'd just be this crazy dude. But mm-hmm. once science kind of showed what was going on and kind of proved this, this stuff works, then obviously everything's kind of blossomed from there. So, you know, once I kind of learned that from Casper, it was like, okay, now I can sort of visualize the things that are happening in my body when I'm going through the practice. And so kind of that whole thing took it to the next level. And then I, I was like, dude, what's next? You know? And he's like, well, I'm going to Poland. You should come. And I was like, done. This was How long ago was this? This was, uh, almost, almost three years ago now. Okay. um, and so i went to poland i like immediately signed up and which was another kind of weird step for me because i've done a lot of travel but it's always been with someone else so Mm -hmm. this was kind of like the first time i've ever gone on a trip by myself to a crazy place like poland like i would never in a million years have gone there if it wasn't for something like this so um you know jumped on a plane and went out there and You know, I tell people all the time, like in my workshops and stuff, it's kind of was one of the most transformational kind of experiences in my life, really, where I learned to love myself again. I had some really deep kind of powerful breathing sessions where, you know, just like tapping into some whatever stuff that's been pushed down for a long time and just had that come up and was like peeling the layers of the onion away and just getting in there deep and then obviously putting yourself in raw nature with the cold. And when I went, I kind of had this little thing where I was like, all right, I'm just going to like push myself and really go for it. So it was like, anytime someone said like, Hey, do you want to go outside into the cold or do you want to go jump in the river or whatever? I was like, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. So I probably went in the water the most out of anyone, which was kind of cool. And it's what, like 30 degrees or like what's the temp? Um, I mean, air temp. Yeah, you know, cold. Uh, I, I don't, mean,
0: technically, the water would have to be over thirty three. But
1: yeah, well, I, it's running water, so the water's mm-hmm. cold. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly, but it was, you know, in thirties, maybe yeah. even colder. Um, you know, obviously, if you've seen like the Vice documentary, you know, mm-hmm. there's that like the cascade you know it's kind of like sacred water mm-hmm. you know people come there all the time it's like actually a big destination in the summertime it's beautiful there's like weddings and stuff there and it's like this kind of place where people go and a little sacred spot yeah. um so you know it's running water and the it's like frozen when you get in and you can jump off the cliff which is pretty cool and um and then obviously you get to climb the mountains and there's two different hikes that you do and one of them, the first one, it's it's longer, but it's more gradual. Um, but the, it was, like, total, like, almost whiteout style. So, you know, we got to the top and it was like, you didn't even know you were at the top. And I was like, all right, put your clothes on. We're going back down. You know, I was like, didn't really get to even see or enjoy anything. And mm-hmm. then, you you know, the culmination of the trip is Mount Schnetzka, which is, you know, the tallest mountain in, I guess, it's the Czech Republic. It's on the border. Really? Um. I think it's like sixteen hundred meters or eighteen hundred meters. I mean, it's not huge, but it's a significant hike. And, and, and how long does it take to get up? We did it in about two hours. Um, and then
0: just board shorts,
1: just and yeah, boots? just shorts and boots and a beanie and a backpack. Um, and it was awesome. Like, it's a kind of a trip because it's a, it's like a ski town, mm-hmm. and you're like basically hiking up the side of the ski mountain, so. You know, that once you you get to like sort of this plateau and like there's tons of people up there, like there's like a chairlift that people can go up and and like the last part of the mountain, it's like kind of a tourist attraction, like people hike it all the time. So, you know, there's a group of like 25, 30 people in just their shorts and <laughs> you get to this like plateau and. It's like people all around, and, you know, you're, like, really trying to stay focused because, you know, you stop, and you got to, like, kind of really keep it in and stay focused. Otherwise, you get cold. And then the last, like, 800 meters is kind of like this little switchback part up the mountain, and there's, there's like, people everywhere, you know? But so you start coming up the mountain, and you go around this corner, and then the wind kicks on, and you're like... (sighs) And it's like ripping wind. And I swear it was like the most focused I've ever had to be like, just like bring it in. And I was with one of the other guys and we just kind of like fell into sync on our steps. And it was just like focusing on, I was just like focusing on the sound of our steps and our breath. And then you get to this plateau and then it's like all these people around. And, and then it's just all of a sudden got sunny. Like you got above the cloud line and it was sunny and beautiful and still cold. I think it was like minus 15 Celsius. And then you, you know, hit the last stretch and get to the top and you're just like, ah, everyone's freaking out and it's pretty rad. It's yeah. definitely a really cool, um, accomplishment and experience. And, you know, it's just like expanding what you think is possible. You know? Yeah, man. It's like, you wouldn't think you could hike a mountain in your shorts. And I've, have always been kind of cold, you know, yeah. like I'm the guy who's surfing in the summertime in a full suit, you know, just <laughs> yeah. like my whole life. And now it's like you kind of can tap into that. I mean, people ask me all the time, oh, do you surf in a wetsuit in the winter? I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's a time to train and a time to surf and enjoy. And, you know, you got to focus when you're in the cold. So,
0: Yeah, I think that was, like, something I'm curious about is because I know for, like, a two to five minute period, which is typically what I'll do, the ice bath in. Yeah. It's like, and I know to get in, I'm, like, really focused and I kind of get this, like, face and it's like the game face. Yeah. But for two hours, like is it part of the training or like, how do you like maintain that?
1: Well, that like you got to think too, is like, number one, you're hiking and you're going uphill, mm-hmm. you know? So like I would say for a good portion of the time, you're actually like, it's like not even that big of a deal, mm-hmm. you know? Like right when you start, you take your shirt off, you're at the bottom, you get hit by the cold and it's like, oh, okay, this is cold. And then once you start moving then you kind of get in the groove and you're not necessarily like, practicing a breath technique. It's more like syncing your breath with your steps. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to breathe in for four and out for six or whatever it kind of ends up being. Mm -hmm. So you kind of always have that to like bring it back to connect with, with, you know, getting your focus back. But, you know, for the most part, you're hiking uphill and you're moving. So, you know, I was sweating. Like my hands were sweaty. You know, my armpits were sweaty. Your body obviously gets cold. Um, but it's like all that external, you know, heat goes internal, um, keeping all the, you know, the organs warm and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like your skin that gets cold. So, yeah. And then, you know, it's weird. Like I said, you get to that plateau point and it's like the wind starts coming around and like you get frost on the hair on your arms and chest and, you know, it's like it changes and then, you know, you just got to kind of focus in a little bit more and then you know i've done that hike twice now and the second time was even colder and windier and it was definitely challenging you know Mm -hmm. and but it's just like i got this yeah you just got to keep keep going and keep moving and um plus you have other people around you can kind of
0: yeah i was gonna say like well first is there anyone who has to turn around or like who couldn't do it
1: um everyone did it the first trip everyone made it to the top the second time i went back um There was one guy who didn't go all the way, but he was, like, 75 years old. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. He was just, like, he was just tired. Mm -hmm. Um, And the second time, it was, like, super strong winds, like 30, 40 mile an hour winds. And um, we got to that plateau again. And some people put their shirts on. Some other people didn't. So, you know, it was kind of a mixed bag. It's like, yeah, of course, you want to make it to the top without – anything Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's like you got to be safe and you got to be smart and you got to listen to the body and you know some people it's just like no i'm good i made it here like this is rad i'm still gonna go to the top i have a t-shirt on but you know whatever Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of the thing it's like you know wim's whole thing no ego we go so gotta let the ego take take a back seat and you gotta really kind of listen and know what what you actually need rather than kind of trying to be a super superhero, make it to the top and yeah. push yourself beyond cause, you know, it's like one one negative experience is gonna take twenty plus positive experiences to even get you back to where you were, you mm-hmm. know? So you just gotta kinda take it take it one step at a time and take it easy and not not get crazy, you know? Yeah. But yeah also knowing that you can, um, it's just there's that fine line of where you kinda slip into a, a bad space
0: yeah that balance i think for me is interesting because i i like always want to push myself and there's that point where you're like needing to listen to your body yeah but i feel like also with like a collective group like do you feel like you're influenced by the group because if the group's going do you feel like oh i can do this because the group's going or? oh 100
1: yeah for sure you know and i think that's part of it it's like the mindset the mind piece like once you start having doubts that's when things get you know start happening negative. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you're surrounded by people who are all psyched and pumped up and going for it, then yeah, you're going to kind of be brought up to their level, you Mm -hmm. know, or vice versa. If people are having a hard time, you know, it's easy to slip down into that, you know? So, um, actually my, um, on the second time I went to Poland, I had a couple friends come with me and my friend and his son came and his son 17 at the time. And on the first hike, we got to the top and he kind of lost his focus and ended up getting some like pretty bad afterdrop, which is kind of where that cold blood starts mixing with the warm blood. Uh-huh. You know, your cold blood on the extremities in your skin mixes with the warm blood in your core and you get really cold and you think it's hypothermia, but it's just basically that blood mixing and you feel really cold inside and you know, 20, 30 minutes later What's it called? after drop. Okay. 20, 30 minutes later, you're fine. But you know, he kind of lost his, um, focus and ended up getting cold. And, you know, it's like the second you get to the top and you think like, okay, I'm done. Then that process starts happening a lot faster than you want it to, you Mm -hmm. know? So you got to kind of like, even though you get to the top, it's same as getting out of the ice bath, even though you get out, you still got to stay focused until you can warm yourself up and, you know, control that blood mixing and, and use your body to actually warm yourself up. So, you know, he kind of lost focus and, and, uh, Ended up getting after drop and, you know, kind of like seeing the group like on the verge of some people like kind of freaking out because they're seeing him sort Mm -hmm. of in this like almost panic mode. Luckily, his dad was a lifeguard. So, you know, he's like got experience in helping people in that kind of freak out mode. And then obviously Casper and, you know, Mm -hmm. so like collective group was kind of held together and we were able to kind of keep that strength. And, you know, he eventually recovered and made it down and everything was all good, but, you know, it could have been on that
0: verge of like bringing the whole group into that space. So, yeah, dude, that's so interesting because I'm fascinated by the group mentality because like what drew, what drew me to Poland and I'm going in January yeah, is uh, like, I feel like I'm really going there to like dive into myself and like really see what's underneath here. Yeah, And I think, you know, with a group, and like my hope is that everyone's there to like, you know, see what, they're capable of. And I'm sure there's a lot of other things that are going to oh, yeah. be uncovered. Um, Cause in my experience, like if I'm there's one person who's kind of not like, it's so crazy how it, the whole group can like shift like that, even if it wasn't like his intention, but it's like, it shows like how, you know, the wavelength of everyone there can like totally influence totally yourself, you know? And I say that
1: all the time with the breath work. Like I'm sure you experienced in the workshop, you know, there's, I don't know how many people are at yours—ten, 10, 15, 20 people. And, mm-hmm doing the breath work together as a group the collective energy elevates everything and then it's entirely different when you breathe by yourself yeah so different it's like the the spaces that you can go with a group it just is exponentially more you know and it's interesting because a lot of people they'll come to my workshop and they'll experience that there and then they go home and they breathe and they're like why did, why is it different? Like, and they're trying to push themselves to get to that same space over and over again to where they did with the collective group or whatever. And it's like the more you're pushing into that, the further away it gets, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'll see, dude, you'd be in the in down in the little room, everyone breathing together, it's all dark, and you'll have Wim like, rah, you know, going crazy. I wasn't there with Wim at that time, but I've, you know, I've since spent some time with him, but um, yeah, you'll see man yeah it's pretty epic
0: yeah because i know like for me sometimes when i feel like safer when there's like a group if i feel safe with a group that's like right. the first step but if there's the group whereas sometimes with myself it's like there's sometimes there i'm a fear, a fear of like if i go too far or like if something happens so i know if i'm like with a The container of a safe group like i feel like i can go deeper than i've gone oh yeah especially in like the breath work stuff because it's so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like i started doing breath work before the wim hof method yeah i mean it was like dude it's um i think it's called like transformate transformative breathing Transformation. you're just sitting there like doing the wim hof stuff but for like an hour straight and it's exhausting and you're getting tetany yeah and it's so uncomfortable and so like to have like someone facilitating who's like saying like You know, whispering those like little like words of affirmation or whatever to like kind of just really helps me to just like and holding space for you. And I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, beyond just breath work too, it's like anything, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And you're saying like when you went the first time, it was like one of the most transformational experiences.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, obviously, the the whole kind of um, getting out of the comfort zone of going somewhere by myself with a bunch of people that I don't know and then just really kind of experiencing the body in a way that I'd never had. Um, and then obviously pushing that comfort zone and doing things that I never thought were possible for myself. And, you know, like the way I explain it always is like, okay, imagine like you have a cup of water and you pour dirt in the water and it's all kind of mixed up. And then eventually you kind of just push it down and it all settles on the bottom And then you start breathing and then it starts mixing all that up and you know, all that shit you've been stuffing down in the bottom starts coming up to the top and you don't even necessarily know what it is, but it just starts coming out. So I actually had a pretty crazy experience where on the, you know, like you're pushing your body and like you're going in the cold and you're doing all this stuff and a lot of people end up getting sick, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're just pushing really hard. And so, the very last day I woke up or I like didn't even sleep that whole night. We we're going to we supposed to go hike schnetzka And, um, I like just felt ill, you know, I just mm-hmm. felt sick. And I woke up in the morning and I'm like, crap, like I'm going to, how am I going to do this? You know? And I went to Casper. I'm like, what do I do, dude? I'm feeling terrible. And he's like, it's all good. Just breathe, you know, slow in the morning session. Like, just take it easy and you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So we started in the breathing and uh, you know, I was just kind of going slow, wasn't really pushing it. And, you know, like a lot of times you get emotion that comes up and mm-hmm. just kind of like started crying. And then all of a sudden I like broke into this like crazy sweat and I was just like sweating and it was like it smelled really bad. It was like I Whoa. like afterwards I had to go take a shower because I smelled. It was like this whole like detoxification going on. And then, you know, it was like after that, I was like, okay, well, I kind of feel a little bit better. And then, you know, ended up going and doing the hike. But it was just like, you know, like, who That's knows what's crazy. going on. You're detoxing. Like, you know, 70% of our detoxification comes through our breath. Um, so, you know, it was just like another weird experience. So, that you know, like, so like a lot of just whatever old stuff and trauma and whatever coming up. You know, I had a couple sessions where I was like, just start crying for no reason. You don't even know why for like 30 minutes uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like really connecting back to myself and just letting go of stuff that wasn't serving me. I didn't necessarily know that I was doing that or what it was, but afterwards I could feel it felt lighter and, you know, like Mm -hmm. you can, you start learning how to deal with stress in a new way, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's the cool thing about it is like the breathing and the ice bath. It's both, you're putting stress on the body, but it's in a controlled environment. You know, there's only so many things that can happen. While you're breathing, you know, like you're in a room, you know, you're not, there's not like outside things that can come in, you know, the ice bath obviously is a very controlled thing. It's obviously different when you're in a place like Poland out in wild nature, but when you're in an ice bath, you know, it's just you and cold water. There's not much else that can come into the picture. So you begin training your stress response with the, in a controlled way. Yeah. So, you know, it's like then when the stress of life hits you, you
0: can deal with it a little bit better. Yeah. So yeah dude and for me what i find interesting is like when you have you're you're just kind of crying and or all the stuff's like coming up are you like afterwards or during it aware of like is it like memories or stuff or is it kind of you go through it and then like after um i've had a couple i
1: mean i've kind of a mixed bag for me i've had some times where yeah i'm like old memories come up but other times it's just like i don't even know why i just know that it was something in there that was stuffed away you know mm-hmm. you can just kind of feel that like old energy mm-hmm.
0: but yeah a lot of times i just don't even know what it is and um i'm curious of like i feel like there's like a spark or like you were sharing because i feel like i have this tour it's like this almost like a curiosity of different like mind states you can get into mm-hmm. and i like where did that start with you
1: I don't even know, to be honest. I mean, I feel like a lot of this practice has really kind of brought me into focusing more on that. Like, okay, what, where is my mindset right now? And then how can I put it in a place where it needs to be for a certain, whatever I'm doing? Um, you know, I've been, I've done sports my whole life, competitive sports, and never really paid attention to that, you know? So I feel like this whole practice has really kind of created an awareness around that, which mm-hmm. obviously would have been amazing when I was uh, doing playing competitive sports or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's like it just ends up translating to everything, you know? How do you deal with your kids? How do you deal with your business partner? How do you deal with your family, you know? And then from, from that awareness of that, then it's like, okay, now I can begin to explore these different areas, you know, whether it's through any modality or, you know, whatever, plant medicine or, you know, therapy or any of that stuff, you can kind of like start looking at these things because you can start directing your attention in that area, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think this practice has really helped me with really just being aware of what my mindset is, you Mm -hmm. know, And, and the power of your thoughts, like dictate so much you know Mm -hmm. so it's like how do you then begin to cultivate
0: thoughts that are going to put you where you want to go you know so and for you would you say it's a mix of the cold and the breath work or do you find like you get different pieces from each oh yeah for sure i mean the cold obviously is like
1: a huge mindset like spark, you Mm -hmm. know, like if you go in that, if you step into the cold and you're not focused and you don't, and you're already doubting it, it's going to suck. And you're going to, you're going to struggle through it and you're probably not going to be in there for very long. Um, and you know, with the breath work, it's kind of the same thing. You like, you know, if you're doing like Wim Hof style where you're doing rounds of breathing, you know, normally the first round of breath, you're like, this sucks. Why am I doing this? This is so weird. I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this, you know? And, but if you go into it with the curiosity or like the playfulness and I like try to envision like I'm Wim, you know, like he just, he's just a wild man and just has fun with everything. So, you know, it's like, you're kind of working with it on both, both parts of it. Um, which is why I think the mindset is one of the three pillars of the Wim Hof method, you know. And mm-hmm. for me, like when I teach it, I always, I always start with the mindset because then that sets the tone for everything else. Like if you don't have the proper mindset, then all the rest is maybe not going to necessarily be a fun experience. Yeah. But if you go into it with curiosity and wanting to have fun and being, you know, open, then it's epic.
0: Yeah, and I think with the mindset, it's it's funny because breathwork, like for me, it's been transformational. Clearly for you, it's been transformational. Yeah, it's like this tool we all have, but then the question is like, why do people not do it? And I think a, it's just like education. Yeah. Um, but also it takes like work, you know. Yeah. Like it's uh like sometimes it's like a it's like a workout, but for your body or like for your I don't know what you would say, it's like a different type of workout where it's like exhausting and it's not always like something that I want to do, but I understand on the other side of it. Right. I'll feel like cleansed and just get my stuff to come up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think a big part is the education, you Mm -hmm. know, people just don't know and they don't think about it. It's one of those things that it just happens automatically and you don't have to worry about it ever. Um, You know, obviously like the yogis and all those people kind of figured it out and we're slow to the game here, but you know um, as far as like you're saying like about being a workout and that sort of thing, I mean, yeah, you're working out all sorts of different systems in the body. You know, you're working out your circulatory system, you know, you're getting vasoconstriction vasodilation while you're breathing and holding your breath, you know, your nervous system is going up and down. Um, you know, obviously you're working out your lungs and um, but The thing about it is so, you know, doing something like the Wim Hof method or transformational breath or any breath technique, that's a conscious breathing practice. So you're like taking the time to consciously breathe in a certain way or certain pattern. And then when you go out into your regular life where you're not breathing that way, you're inherently going to start breathing better because you have that practice of where you're sitting there you're like okay i'm breathing into my belly then i'm pulling into my chest then i'm letting it go you know so it's like anything you know once you start practicing something in a certain way then it starts becoming kind of second nature so you know i think the beauty of having like a breathing practice is that then you're just creating more awareness around your breath so you know like during the day when I go out and I'm at work or something, maybe I have a meeting or maybe it's even like I have to have a conversation that's uncomfortable with, you know, my wife or a family member or someone, I end up noticing my breath, you know, and then I know, okay, I'm feeling anxiety or anxious and my heart rate's going crazy. And now I know how to counteract that. I can just slow the breath down, you know, or, you know, in the afternoon, you get the kind of like afternoon dip. And rather than go on and pouring another cup of coffee, I can go and sit down for even 30 breaths and speed up my breath and create more energy for myself, you know? So it's just kind of like those little pieces that end up happening by just having that conscious breathing practice, you know, but we're never taught that. That's not part of curriculum. I mean, that's obviously a whole nother topic around, you know, education and what we're actually learning and how that's helping us or not. Um, but you know, I think it's cool that you're starting to see like these mindfulness practices come into school and, you know, for me having two kids, like my kids don't really do any of this stuff, but they Mm -hmm. see me doing it. So, you know, hopefully that kind of like ends up translating. I mean, they go into the ice bath, but for them, for them, it's just like fun. And they just, you know, they're just like goofing around and they'll jump in and jump out. And, you know, they've, they've watched me breathe. Um, I have a couple apps on the phone that they'll sit down and do it with me, but it's like kind of more like gamification, you know, they like yeah. can see it on the phone and like, a you know, the circle getting bigger and smaller and they'll do that. But, you know, I think it's just exposing people to it and eventually it's going to become part of everything. I mean, it already kind of is, you know, it's just happening more and more. You see breath classes and people talking about it and articles and pff, New York yeah. times and everything, you know, so it's just coming into the consciousness of people now more and more. So it's cool.
0: Yeah. And I think it's funny too, cause I almost feel like there's like this pendulum of like, at least from a corporate culture, like work culture where we're, it's kind of like, you're always suit and tie kind of like tucked up. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll sometimes do the cold punch here i'll go out and breathe and like sometimes people will look at me and like i don't know what they're thinking maybe they're like oh it's rad. or they're like what the heck's this dude doing yeah but it's such like a primal like it feels to me it's like very primal i'm just breathing and moving my body yeah. or like the the more that i just like allow myself to just move or just like shake it out yeah i feel so much better because i don't think it's like a natural thing to sit at a computer for eight hours a day well, for sure not, you know you know
1: i mean pff. Clearly, all the kind of issues, health issues, mental problems, whatever, like people are having, yeah, it's not, we're not, we're not made for that, you know? And so we got some tools to counteract it. And, you know, the cool thing about breath work is the ultimate rabbit hole, man. It Mm -hmm. literally is like, you know, I've been doing this for a few years now and every breath session is different. There's different ways you can open your mouth or different ways you can breathe, different patterns. And it's just like ends up you know it's like okay this feels cool I'm gonna keep going down that way and then okay what happens if I do this and then you go down that way you know it's like I teach my little class I gather once a week and and it's different every time because I'm just in my own practice like just taking note like oh okay what if I do this you know and then you can kind of just start weaving it all together and like yeah i mean it's great to have a protocol like the wim hof method style or transformational you know whatever but you know at the end of the day it's like that's just like a starting point you yeah know? like that's just to get you in the door and then once you're in the door then it's like okay you what can else? just start playing and tweaking and i mean that's what all these guys have done you know obviously they got to create a protocol to then be able to have their own name on it and sell it or whatever you know which is great um But once you dive in, then you're just like,
0: okay, here we go. Yeah. It's kind of like this whole new world that is like opened up to you. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. It's super rad. Yeah. So, And dude, I'd love to hear about Monda and like kind of how that took shape. And I was reading that you have five, there's five co-founders. Yeah. I'm like so curious on like how that that, that dynamic is like.
1: Yeah. Um. So, I mean, for me, I was I was working with a friend. Um, his name's Cyrus Sutton. He's a pro, pro surfer, you know, Emmy award-winning filmmaker. He had started a blog called Corduroy TV. And, you know, within a couple months of launching that, I had met him and he kind of brought me into it. And I basically ran the blog for six years. Wow. Um, it's like early in
0: the when the blog days were like bigger. Or- yeah. Blog
1: yeah. days were big. Um, you know, we we're creating a lot of original video content. It was all do it yourself surfing. Um, so we ended up making a couple videos around DIY sunscreen and, you know, without really even kind of ever thinking about it, we kind of joked like, Oh yeah, we should just make our own sunscreen, you know? And then fast forward, I don't know, eight years or whatever. Um, I was on a surf trip with some buddies in, um, mainland Mexico. And we were using some, you know, whatever. I don't want to say any names, but, you know, supposedly the best surf sunscreen, you know, and blowing through a stick in, like, two days and still getting burned and then kind of just, like, coming back and realizing, like, number one, this stuff doesn't work that great. It doesn't last very long. And then once you kind of, like, look into the ingredients, it's like, well, this stuff's not even good for you. And I had a friend living in Bali who had a sunscreen and he brought it over and I was like, oh, this stuff works really good. And we're like, oh, let's, you know, we can make this, you know, let's do this. And so had a couple of buddies that we kind of started working on it with, um, my, myself and my friend kind of built our business plan in the garage, you know, a bunch Classic. of, a <laughs> bunch of late nights staying up and kind of formulating this plan and kind of like taking what we learned what I learned from corduroy and putting that in this. And then, you know, he was living in Southeast Asia and um, came across an ingredient called thanaka. And it's basically a ground up tree bark native to Myanmar. And they've been using it for thousands of years for some protection, but it's also like anti aging, anti acne, super high antioxidant. Like it's just like a kind of a miracle superfood, if you will and he was like oh we should put that in the sunscreen and kind of like in researching it it's no one even knows what it is here yeah so we were able to kind of supplement our formula with that allowed us to use a little bit less zinc but keep the same you know high spf you know obviously zinc is a mine mineral so there's environmental implications behind that and then basically took like our base formula that we created with corduroy and added in some other ingredients and came up with this you know food grade organic sunblock you know basically you could eat it it's all like you know ingredients that you can buy in the store there's no chemicals um so we launched with that on kickstarter Mm -hmm. and got funded in less than a week yeah i saw that you guys like doubled your goal yeah doubled the goal so that basically like allowed us to go into production with a little bit of money from each person going into it, but for the most part, it was like that funded us to get going. And then, yeah, we've been going ever since. You know, we've sold out a product a bunch of times, mm-hmm. just based on cash flow. And you know, being a self-funded company, we've had a little bit of friends and family help us with some getting some orders. You know, more product, and we've developed a couple new products we have a, like a full body um lotion sunscreen and then we have a after sun uh papaya salve one of our co-founders is from Australia mm-hmm. and um you know just been kind of organically growing it it's kind of everyone's little side hustle um becoming more of a more of a job because the demand is really high sunscreen industry is changing very rapidly yeah you know, Hawaii banning sun, um, oxybenzone and octanoxate. And then now Key West and Virgin Islands and Palau. And it's just kind of happening. Yeah. And now the FDA is taking a look at these ingredients. And most people don't even realize that all these chemical active ingredients were approved in the seventies without really any testing. And now we're obviously seeing the implications of that. You know, it's funny because my parents are always like, Oh yeah, we never wore sunscreen when we were younger. And then, you know, they all have all these skin cancer things getting cut off. But the question is, is where was it because you weren't wearing sunscreen before or when you started wearing sunscreen, you've been wearing chemical sunscreen yeah. for the last 50 years. And is that the problem? Which, you know, I would say it's probably has to do more with that than the actual sun because yeah. we need the sun. You know, most people are vitamin D deficient, deficient because yeah. we're sitting in, you know, rooms all day in front of a computer under blue light, you know, so Mm -hmm. whatever. There's a lot of unknowns and questions there, but, you know, I think it's cool that it's starting to change and obviously it's a great time for us as a company position the way we are, you know, having organic food grade ingredients and none of the chemicals. Um, So, and then as far as like having five co-founders, it's definitely not an easy (laughs) Easy thing there's a lot of opinions and a lot of um kind of talk and stuff behind the scenes that is difficult but at the same time it's also great because you have support of four other people mm-hmm. and especially only one person is full-time manda so you know collectively we can kind of make it happen um as if we had more more hands on deck um but you know, it's cool also because each person kind of brings their own expertise to the table. And that's kind of was one of our things that we were really stoked on, you know, I was like, um, we've got marketing, we've got sort of like an bath amb- built in ambassador with Cyrus and content creation. Um, you know, one of our, the guy who works full time, he kind of does the ops and sales. He's got a sales background. And then the, um, The fifth guy, um, he's kind of like does a lot of our biz dev and he's a lawyer. And so he can kind of drive that sort of thing, especially like around international expansion. You know, it's like, yeah, we have the FDA here, but every country has their version of the FDA. So there's just uh, so many moving parts, you know, and it's like, it's crazy. I don't think any of us really knew what we were getting ourselves into. It was like, cool, let's just do this and see where we go. And, you know, now it's, blossomed into something that people identify with, people know about, you know, all over the place, which is really cool. You know, I feel like we made a little bit of an impact on the industry in our own little way and um you know, just see where it goes from here. It's, you know, and there's definitely no shortage of competition in the sunscreen yeah. world, you know. I mean, Sunbums about to get bought by Johnson and Johnson and so that's kind of like a big indicator of what this world is all about and see where we go. You know, we're kind of working on uh, raising some money to be able to bring in some more resources, have some more full-time people, you know, elevate everything, you know, we've been full shoestring budget, you know, like grassroots style, no marketing budget, nothing, you know, it's like working on connections and just experience and, you know, so to have something, behind it would be amazing. And I think could go where we want it to It's yeah.
0: just a matter of time. We'll see where, see how it all happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you were saying you were doing like tons of do it yourself stuff, videos, you, you shaped your own surfboards, yeah. um, like bootstrapping a business and also social supply co, which I want to ask about too. Yeah. Like you're like a really resourceful person, <laughs> you know, like you just kind of figured out like, where did that, is that like, where did that come from? That's it's a good question. It's I've always
1: been that way, um, really. You know, I've I've always kind of had a little bit of a knack for technology. Um, I just kind of one of those people. Like I'll get something, I'll throw the instructions in the mail uh, in the trash, and then I'll just start figuring it out. You know, and I've just kind of always been that way. It's like I've taught myself how to edit, edit video. I've taught myself how to use Photoshop. I've taught myself how to build websites, write code taught myself marketing you know like social media like how to shape surfboards I had a dude show me but he was like kind of this grumpy old New Zealand dude (laughs) in Hawaii and he was like okay do this this and this and then he would disappear for half an hour and then he'd come back and look at it and be like okay do this this and this and then he disappeared you know and then I just kind of like ended up trial and error and I don't know where that comes from. Um, my dad's always been a little bit of an entrepreneur. So I think maybe that's where like kind of starting these businesses has come from. But as Mm -hmm. far as like just tinkering and the DIY thing, I don't know. It's just kind of in there. And I mean, just always been that way and I love it. It's fun. It's like not like the challenge and just kind of like figuring things out and learning from my mistakes and trying to, you know, just keep forging ahead. Um, when I live I lived in Hawaii for a while and my roommate there was uh he built furniture, taught himself how to build furniture. Hmm. So we I got into that with him. <laughs> and we were like we'd make furniture and just put it out in front of the house with a sign on it and sell furniture out of the front no of the way. house. That's and so good. Just like, you know, I don't know. Just it just keeps showing up in my life and you know, with the corduroy thing was awesome because that really pushed me and challenged me to like think outside the box and really learn how to do stuff, you know, and we didn't know what we were doing. We were just like following what felt right. And, you know, we ended up creating this blog that, I mean, we won best surf blog from surfer mag one year. And, you know, I feel like not saying this like out of any ego or anything, but I feel like we kind of helped shape surf culture a little bit. You know, I feel like we were really ahead of our time Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like now you look at Surf culture and you know all these guys are shaping boards and there's a lot more of that DIY content out there. Like even Surfline just posting that stuff and creating articles and blogs around it. And you know, so we we're I feel like we were just kind of ahead of the time in that realm. I mean, credit to Cyrus, he he's always kind of had his ear to the ground and really just known these things before they happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just love that resourcefulness um, and you know there's so many behind the scenes things that we've done with Mondo that you wouldn't even believe that really? we've done I mean we make our own samples in in the office and you know we do all sorts of stuff that we would have never survived if we didn't just like
0: sack up and do it you yeah know?
1: and that's just kind of how it goes mm-hmm.
0: and have you always kind of been drawn to like a path or like things that don't have a clear step-by-step, like, script for you?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of, I've been good at following my gut, you know, especially with the breath work thing. Yeah. I never intended for going where I have, you know. I never thought I would teach it. I never thought I would be an instructor. I've never really taught anything. Um, you know, with social supply, it was just like a full organic thing. I ended up because I was doing corduroy. It was like kind of the ultimate testing ground for me. I didn't really have anyone telling me what to do. You know, I had to blog every day, create content. I was doing social media for it. And then from that ended up getting a job with Leatherman as a freelance, uh, you know, contractor for social media. They did like a spinoff, um, leatherman sport line which was all tools for um action sports so they had like a snow snow tool skate tool surf tool so i was doing that and then ended up getting another couple freelance gigs and that's where i met my business partner brett and we just kind of like saw an opportunity it was like oh there's all these brands out there that don't really understand social media so let's just create a business and start offering that, you know? So mm-hmm. it was like a kind how, of roll. How long ago was this? Uh, five years ago, actually this month. No way. Yeah. August 24th, I think is when our, technically when our business was formed. Um, so, you know, it was just like, just following the gut and letting it happen organically, you know, and all of these things have just kind of blossomed into what they are. And, you know, yeah, I got a lot on my plate, but it's all like, out of love and passion and just kind of, I, it's funny cause I was doing, uh, some freelance, uh, graph, uh, web development, freelance web development for this guy in Solana beach down the street. And, you know, just kind of watching him go through the trials and tribulations of having his own business and agency. I was like, dude, I never want to have my own business. This is crazy. And then here I am, <laughs> you know, six, seven years later and I have three and, I'm just like, what am I, I never would have imagined this, you know, yeah. um, but it's, it's just kind of happening. So go with it.
0: Yeah. And, and how would you say like now with the breath work and ice practice, like, do you notice a difference in how, from a business standpoint, like, especially cause something that I always look at for myself and why I really like the breath work is if I'm like really in my head or stressed, it's like, I'll just go in and then I'm like, it helps me get out of my head like into my body yeah which is something i can struggle with is after a long day of work yeah like i can't relax my body yeah. unless i move and that's like a, a really good way for me to integrate um but like have you noticed a shift since you've started from you know you said seven years ago is when you got into your like entrepreneurial journey yeah to now like what would you say is like the major shifts in how you approach like the problems because like not, pro- I don't want to say problems, but you're having a new challenge, I'm guessing, almost every day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think these tools definitely provide a, a way to kind of deal with it in a more, I don't know, controlled and um, conscious way. It's interesting because the days that I don't necessarily do breath or anything in the morning, I notice a major difference. You know, you can ask my wife <laughs> and probably ask my kids too. Um, but you know, some days I can't like my kids wake up early or whatever, like something happens that my kind of morning flow gets m- messed up, but I always try to find at least some time during the day to either just sit down and get quiet or to breathe, um, or to get in the cold, you know, these days I find that my, um, cold exposure is a little bit less than it used to be. I used to go in every day and I was like super hardcore about it and just kind of noticed, a little bit of fatigue in myself. So kind of pulled back, but you know, if I don't get in the ice bath, I'll take a cold shower. Um, just trying to get something like that Mm -hmm. integrated. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it all helps, you know, and it's kind of compounding over time. Um, I'm definitely a very like emotional, emotionally driven person Mm -hmm. and my emotions get the best of me and not always in the best way, but I've noticed I've been able to be more aware of that and like kind of feeling it when they come up and like working with it a little bit. And like I said, you know, it's like when you feel that internal, like whatever, something start bubbling up, you have some, you have a way to to kind of slow it down or speed it up or, you know, direct it a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's all definitely helped. Mm. I, I mean, I wish I had these tools when I was younger. I feel like I probably would have been, a different place even than I am now, mm-hmm. but not
0: that I, I love my life. You yeah, know, it's, I couldn't ask for more. So, all in perfect timing.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. It is. of course.
0: And what are you? Is there anything like you're specifically excited about now or like moving forward? Um,
1: you know, just kind of continuing to learn and continuing to integrate more of this stuff into my life. I've been getting more and more into just meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, really. It's funny, I like started, I was like, all right, I'm going to do, you know, seven days in a row. And then it turned into a month in, in a row of every day. And now I'm approaching a year straight of, a, you know, at least 15, 10 to 15, even 20 minutes a day of just at least just a sitting practice, just getting quiet. Um, so for me, that is like one of the most exciting parts of my day. Yeah. I love it. And it's just like really kind of brings me into more of who i am i've always like been i've always bite my nails since i was a little kid i bite my nails too and meditation has almost gotten rid of it no way um Uh, what, what do you just catch yourself when the urge comes or catch myself when the urge comes and the urge isn't even there as much anymore um but yeah that's kind of one of those things that i've noticed that has changed since getting more into that practice wow um and then you know kind of the beauty of being in a social media business is that it's changing every day. So that's always exciting is like, okay, what is next? What is new? How can we use these channels and platforms to, you know, manipulate the system and the algorithm and, and that sort of thing. You know, I, a lot of times I struggle with being, in that world, because obviously social media is sort of how ha- can be used for the negative. Yeah. So that's kind of also one thing that I've been more interested in pushing myself is like, okay, how can I use this as a tool for positive, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is difficult when you're working with brands, you know, a lot of times they end of the day, they want to sell product, you know? And so how do you do that? I don't know. You know, it's also about what are the brands that you work with, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's a big piece of it, which don't always necessarily have the luxury of choosing that, but you know, we do have some awesome brands that we work with that are doing amazing things and, you know, just trying to kind of keep forging towards those, you know, as opposed to, you know, just another company selling another thing that you don't really need. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, yeah, man, just enjoying living in Southern California and having my family around and watching my kids grow and trying to be be a good dad for them. Yeah, a good role model.
0: Yeah, I can't. I mean, my I would like to have a family one day. For me, it's like yeah, probably at least ten years down the line. You yeah, know, that's yeah, Whatever. very no rash. Has in store, but would you say like what's the biggest thing you've learned since having kids? That it's
1: the best and hardest job you'll ever have. I don't even want to call it a job. It's not a job. It's a privilege, you know, Mm -hmm. that my children chose me to be their dad. Like it's biggest honor ever. Um, and you know, like it's just like a constant learning, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult not to like second guess yourself and to I'm definitely a perfectionist in a lot of ways. And it's like, there's no room for that. You can't, you just have to like, just be and go for it, you know, and, and really hold holding myself to a higher just level of who I am. And I think that's been a driver for a lot of the stuff that I've been getting into is like, you know, how it's going to make me a better person and for them and being that role model you know Mm -hmm. and it's like god there are just so many things happening in the world today that it's scary to think about but it's like all i can do is focus on me and hopefully that then kind of filters into their world and their their being and you know so that's that's definitely a big challenge you know Mm -hmm. um and patience (sighs) Yeah, they test the patients every second of the day you know and so it's always constant you know just coming back to that all right they're only seven they're only four years old like you know gotta just be patient and breathe yeah (laughs) come back to breath take a breath you know just chill (sighs) Mm
0: -hmm. so yeah and if there's someone who's tuning in who's like curious about uh, either breath work or the wim hof stuff or Like, where would you recommend someone begins? Well, first I would say it's always awesome if you
1: can do it in person. So, you know, just check around, like search whatever town you are in and breathwork and try to go to a class, be open to many different styles. Um, Obviously you can get Wim's online course, which is cool too. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, there's lots of opportunities out there. To, to kind of just explore, I feel like a lot of even like the bigger kind of gyms and more corporate yoga, whatever, are integrating breath work, which is cool. Um, yeah, I've actually.
0: You said your buddy is like opening up a, a Wim Hof method one in Solana, right? Um, I, they've been talking
1: about it. I don't know where that's at, uh-huh. um, but there's a couple. I have a friend, he opened one in um, Phoenix. He's another Wim Hof instructor. Uh, it's called Optimize. And they do breath work and all sorts of stuff. They got cold plunges, saunas, red light, you know, all sorts of stuff. So that's like, I think that kind of world is opening up and Mm -hmm. people are starting to explore that. Um, I've actually been working on a project with a couple of friends that we're going to be rolling out um, next month, beginning of next month um, called Our Breath Collective. And basically it's going to be a 12 to 15 minute um, guided live breathing session uh, every morning at 6am every morning, every morning. Anyway. Well, five days a week. We're doing it oh, Monday gotcha. through Friday. Figure weekends are probably, you know, people are busy, but that's like the number one question that people have when they come to my workshop is like, "What, what's your daily practice look like? How do I do this every day? Is there somewhere I can go to do this? You know, and it's just not super readily available. So we're like, all right, well, let's make that available, you know, so the beauty of technology and marry that with the practice. So, um, basically how we're going to do it is like subscription, monthly subscription, and, you know, you get entry to a a private Facebook group, and then we'll be doing Facebook lives every morning at 6am. It'll be recorded. So you can, you know, you can do it at your leisure. Obviously, if you want to breathe live, you can, otherwise you can watch it at any time during the day. Then right before the next morning, that one will get deleted and then there'll be a new one, so it'll live for 24 hours. And then, you know, so it'll just be like an ongoing thing that people can tune into and have a chance to get guided in a breath session. Um, it seems like there's not a ton of resources out there for that. And, you know, like you look at the yoga world or anything really like something like yoga glow, you know, they have all these online classes that you can do. There's not that for breathing. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah be rolling that out been kind of working on that behind the scenes a little bit and getting excited about it except that's definitely going to be a challenge to do that every day but yeah you know i feel like i've been training myself for that for a long time you know having to blog every day and then now with like the sitting practice every day and here you know it's like my friend was like we're already waking up and breathing anyway so we may as well just share it share it and do it and you know let people breathe along um and the challenge is just going to be like leading a breathing session with no one around.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That'll be interesting for so, sure.
1: See how it goes, but getting excited about it and just kind of been testing it. And so mm-hmm.
0: be rolling that out a little bit. That's super exciting. Yeah. And um, if people want to figure out or find out what you're up to. Whether it's Monda, Breathwork, all the things, where can they find you?
1: Uh, The best place is just Instagram. Uh, I'm at Reese, R-E-I-S. And then, you know, Monda has at Monda, M-A-N-D-A. But, yeah, Instagram is the best place. I mean, I have a website, but I don't really update it. Um, I teach monthly workshops at Gather and Encinitas for the Wim Hof Method. And then I have a daily, uh, weekly breath class Thursday nights at 5 p.m. Um, and that's just kind of every week's a little bit different. We do a little um, kind of movement warm-up in the beginning for about 15 minutes and then typically like 35, 40, 45 minutes of breathing, just kind of depending on, on the day and, and just kind of start mixing in all the different modalities that i've been playing with and um other than that yeah manda's around in surf shops you can get it online um and yeah just keep forging ahead
0: sweet dude yeah. well thanks for jamming yeah uh, i went to your workshop what probably in what is it like march or april yeah probably around and that. dude it it i got hooked and it's been one of like the greatest practices i feel like i've added to my life so thank you yeah Uh, i feel like i'm on i'm on board and uh i'm stoked to see where it leads so cool yeah appreciate you man yeah thank you definitely honored to share and appreciate you as well man thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode i hope you enjoy that conversation If you found value from this episode and want to make sure you're notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the show Curious with Jake Heilbrunn on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you're tuning in. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and it allows for others to help find the show. Lastly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and what you found valuable, your takeaways and what you found interesting. So please let me know on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn or wherever you feel called to connect. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay curious.